You ready? Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we are going to be talking about what does it mean to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget. We're back at that. We're back at it, man. Back at it. Hey, not only are we back at it, but you now have your podcast. It's your uh, fault. You set me up. It is awesome. I've been dreaming about it for a long time. I'm clueless technologically. <laughs> and it's a little slow. And I proved it. Yeah. This guy has uh, pulled me in, and I, I, I love him. You know, yeah, he stuck you, with me for eternity. But you're off to a great start, and you are, man. Listen, yeah. you have, you already have like a hundred and forty followers. Uh, Ten years on the road, uh, preaching around the country. Facebook maxed out, and just posted it on Facebook. Got a lot of friends, and they were dumb enough to tune me in. Right. And uh, we're off to a good start. But I'm so grateful and excited, and. Gonna pull this guy onto my podcast. I'm gonna be the host. Yeah, he's yeah. in big trouble now. Yeah, I got to figure out how to be the uh, the co-host, <laughs> <laughs> at least for an episode or two. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. So today we're gonna talk about um, uh, how do we renew our mind? You know, we uh, people are getting attacked on every front. They are. Uh, I I don't know that I've ever seen such a time in history where people are so oppressed and have lost focus. Yeah. Insecurity is, uh, is reigning. You know, uh, God wants us to be sure. Uh, I just read Hebrews the other morning. It talked about those things which are unshakable, and we're living in a shaking time, and God wants us to be locked in, know who we are, why we're here, where we're going, what is truth, uh, relativity, uh, <laughs> Nothing is real. The Beatles used to sing. I'm like, yes, there's some <laughs> things that are real. There are things that are eternal. I guess if you don't know old uh, classic rock, it's I'm hard to understand. Right. All you, <laughs> all you classic rock fans, you know, I'm your, I'm your man. Well, just uh, so you know, classic rock is actually coming back. I'm, I, I'm my daughter. Johnny, it never went away. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even for this generation. Uh, yeah, the well. 20-somethings have, have started listening to some of that. Yeah, well, you know, so they're waking up. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Old school music, man. Yeah. It is good, isn't it? Rock on, baby. Rock on, baby. Christ well, is the rock of ages. I'm rocking on Jesus. There you go. Can, can you sing? I can't sing. Uh, I can't sing, but I can groove, you know? As a matter of fact, if I sing, it is a surefire way to get this podcast canceled. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we won't, we'll be cautious. I won't let you do that, Johnny. That's good because it won't be good if I do. Hey, guys, so we're going to talk about renewing of the mind. And if we look in uh, Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so as we see in Scripture, God clearly says, or, and Paul here, you know, Paul's talking about it in uh, uh, Romans, but it's very clear that uh, the world is one and God is another, or, or Christianity and, and the thought process is Pol completely Pol separate. Polar opposites, polar opposites, and I was totally locked into the other world. You know, I was my father, the devils. We all start out in spiritual darkness. and uh, Most people are offended when you say their father's the devil. Uh, it, it is kind of offensive, but if it's yeah. true, it's true. You know, if I go to a doctor, I want to know what's up. I don't want him to just make me feel comfortable and, and send me away 
untreated, I, I need to face the music. And the, the, the reality is that well, that's why Jesus said you must be born again. If, if you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why do we need to be born again? Because we're in the wrong family. We right. need to be born into the, his spiritual family. Yeah, because we're automatically born into Satan's family, every one of us. It's just we, we're fallen. And, uh, unfortunately, that is our starting point. The sinful nature. <laughs> uh, wherefore, it's by one man, Adam, and sin in the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all for all have sinned. And so we start out in darkness, and then he, God is on a pursuit of us. It's not we're after him. He's after he's us. After us. No, no man seeketh after God, but he seeks after us. Jesus Christ lighteth the path of every man that cometh in the world, John 1, 9. And he also says that he would have none to perish. Oh, it's his, his plan. He, he's, he's got a place in heaven. Uh, he wants us to be there. That's why Jesus came. It's, it's the whole thing. It's so exciting to just be, be one of the nobodies that... Our, turns out we're somebody to him that loved us. And we start out in darkness. Our minds are, are darkened. Our intellect is, is limited. Our will is rebellious. He pursues us. He knocks on the door of our heart. And all we have is the world system. Right. And ye, such were some of ye, uh, the, Jesus said. Uh, and he gives that whole long list of sin. I'm, for me, I'm guilty. And you yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm checking it all uh, off. <laughs> we're guilty. But that he loves us. God commended his love towards us. So while we were yet sinners, Christ dies for us. And then he pursues us. The fact that Christ did us, uh, Christ died for us, is unbelievably beyond our comprehension. But that fact did us no good until somebody told us about it. And, and I'm going to go back to a word that you said that, we are rebellious. We have a rebellious nature. And, and, and to prove that, if you tell someone, hey, you need, to, you need Jesus to get to heaven, and, of course, someone will say no or whatever. But I've also had people say, well, if, if I accept Jesus, then i got to give up A, B, C, and D, and E, and F. And, and, and they go, I'm not ready to give that up, or I'm not ready to fall in line. I'm, I'm not ready to stop being rebellious. Yeah, I, I said exactly the same thing. Yeah. But, see, there's that point in time when you let go, you let God, you, you, the Bible just uses the word believe. Yeah. You put your faith and trust in that Christ was a real person. He really went to a cross. He really died. He really was buried. He really rose again. And that's that aha moment. Like, wow, that really happened. And you just believe that, that Christ died for me. And then as we do that and we're kind of letting go of self and reaching out to him, <laughs> The stadium lights come on. Yeah, it's called illumination yeah. in theology, yeah. man. And, and, and I say stadium lights because when the stadium lights come on, there's not even a shadow. No, it's a, you're just you're lit. You're just everything, lit. yeah, everything's lit up. Uh, when people go, well, you know, the Bible's nothing but a bunch of do's and don'ts. Again, that shows your ignorance, rebellious spirit, rebellious spirit, and ignorance. Yeah, this this passage is absolutely one of my favorites. And I came in, and all I knew was the world, like like anybody else. And mine was pretty wild and wacky and crazy world, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And I, there was no biblical foundation at all, but there's that big hole in my heart. And, you know, you put the pedal to the metal to get that rush and the rush comes, the rush goes. And then, then the hole gets bigger and the rut gets deeper. And, you know, you and I were both on that treadmill of oh, stupidity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Dude, I, I was digging a hole. Uh, of course, you know, I shared my testimony and how for, for two years, uh, from the time I was 24 to 26, when my father died, I left my wife and, and, uh, I was on a road to destruction and didn't even like, it wasn't even on purpose. It just happens to be the, the way we go sometimes. And, uh, there was no, there was no stop sign for me until I met Jesus. And then all of a sudden a massive wall where I stopped and went, Oh my goodness, I can't do this anymore. 
it's just the working of the Holy Spirit yeah. kind of coming upon a man. Others are probably praying for you, and uh, and then God just begins that glorious work of redemption. Mm, yeah. And it's so neat to have been in, in the dark. I, I think some of us were a little darker than others. And then there's that draw, and there's that moment of salvation, that moment of, of, of belief, that moment of of reaching out whosoever shall call that call of our heart upon him. And then God, we're suddenly opening the door of and, our and, side. And if there's no, if there's no call on to Jesus and an opening of the door, you're never going to be able to renew your mind. No, it, it, it won't. It's, not, it's not, the work not, of God. Yeah. It's not, you can renew your mind. I mean, anybody can change their morals and all of a sudden be, um, better morally, or you can start making better decisions, but we're talking about renewing your mind on a level that the world and Satan can no longer attack you. Yeah, there, there's a wall. Yeah. And First uh, Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man, where we start out at, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know these things. And it tells us why. Because these things are spiritually discerned. As the Holy Spirit comes in because we receive him, then he begins to give us discernment that we didn't right. used to have. And that's, you know, Bible puts the Philippians two, five, is it? Uh, let this mind be in be you, you, which, which was is also, in Christ yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And so now we have the mind of Christ and then we, well, that's what I used to think, but I, I don't think that anymore. Well, you know, when I, before I was saved, I would think, uh, what's wrong with abortion? Listen, it's your body, your choice. It didn't, I, because I didn't think, about murder it did you know what i'm saying like that didn't that never entered my brain it was just whatever and it wasn't even a matter of fact of well that's a life and i believe that was a, a baby because if it's not a baby you're not pregnant and so uh you know i would think we just didn't think it through i never thought it through exactly because we're then, so busy in the immediate just feeling good it's all about yeah. me we don't yeah. even think about these things and and in my whole life i've had friends homosexual friends and it was like, dude, that's your life. Go do whatever you want to do. I mean, it, it has no, no bearing on me. Or I would think, you know, just whatever it was, it didn't, it didn't matter to me because I, I had no uh, spiritual compass, if no, you will. No discernment. No discernment. And then I get saved. I give my life to Christ. And all of a sudden I go, whoa, wait a minute. Abortion is so wrong. You start thinking everything through from the, from the basis. What, what is truth? Is it a life? Yeah, it's a DNA all there. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Everything right. is there, even in that zygote, that first fertilized uh, egg. At that point, at that everything moment. is there. At that very moment, at that moment, it's it's That's full right. human life, just a matter of age. Yeah, you know, Johnny. In this text, there's one word that's just screaming at me. One of my probably my second most uh, favorite word in the Bible. Can you guess what it is? Verse two. Uh, verse two. Be not conformed, transformed. Prove. Nope. Transformed. Transformed. There we go. Back up. Okay, you don't get that point. <laughs> and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Transformed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where we were, and it wasn't a good place, to where we mm. want to be, which is a fabulous place. Yeah. And it's something be transformed that that's the greek word and i'm not a greek scholar i look i'm not i'm kind of a lazy uh, theologian you know i'd look up a few greek words occasionally matter of fact somebody looked this up for me and so i got it from somebody else 
wise wise men learn from other people. Yeah. <laughs> Let other people do the work. That's right. But that word transformed is a Greek word, metamorphomai. Yeah. Metamorphomai. What English word comes from that? Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It means transformed. Yeah. But in a, a geological sense, it's transformation of graphite in, in your pencil over there, which has very little value over a period of time and pressure. The graphite is literally uh, transformed. Uh, I'm just losing my to Look, diamonds. To yeah, diamonds. I was gonna say, yeah, coal to a, diamond. A yeah, moment there. Yeah, transformed into diamonds. And then, of course, diamonds have all the different facets that the Holy Spirit tr- cuts into our lives. Yeah. And uh, so, from graphite, this is on the geological side to diamonds. On the uh, zoological side. Uh, transformation uh, metamorphosis is where you take a creepy ugly little caterpillar my wife doesn't even want around the house is metamorphosized into a beautiful butterfly, butterfly. And my wife catch that and then mount it and put it in a little plaque and it's just beautiful butterfly so so the reality is she wants to kill it when it's a caterpillar and she wants to kill it when it's a butterfly <laughs> yeah but she wants to hang it up to as now a trophy she wants to display it yeah, butter, you know, yeah. squish that uh caterpillar and bury it and then right. the butterfly display it that because they're beautiful. so beautiful yeah, and yeah. God wants to transform our lives. Well, one of the uh, uh, passages that I'm going to go to uh, talking about uh, transformed and what it looked like. So, But first I want to explain in, in Romans 1 through 11, Paul is teaching the doctrine uh, regarding the gospel of God's righteousness. So, so you see God's righteousness uh, and the doctrine of it uh, in Romans chapters 1 through 11. Then when he hits 12, then he starts uh, telling us, like that's the practical uh, section of Romans for us. Uh, In Romans 12, 1, and I love this, it starts out with, um, I beseech you, therefore. There's some intensity here. Because of everything I just told you. Uh, from uh, verses uh, chapters 1 through 11 and God's righteousness and all who God is and all that God expects of us. Uh, therefore, now, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your, and I love this word, reasonable service. It's not even, God says, look, I'm not asking for the unreasonable. I'm not asking for the uh for an expectation that's not. This is a gate that's going to put you in a pasture you're going to like to be in. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, I see this verse one as the kind of the human side of this. The God has given us a will, and he 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 knocks on our door. He initiates this relationship, but he he puts the 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 gate control in, in our hands, and this is our part. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. Some verse some versions say uh, you're for reasonable service for your act of worship. This is all part of worship as we begin to have this uh, growing awareness of, of, of his awe. And uh, he's got this thing in history and it's heading somewhere and his kingdom is coming. His will be done and he'll save us for free. and He'll pay us to serve. We begin to get overwhelmed. And, and, and if they want to, if you guys want to know where all that is that he just talked about, it's Romans 1 through 11. Yeah, it's, it's a foundation. That's where the therefore comes. So therefore comes from that. And, yeah. and anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, you go back and find out what it's there for. He's saying, here's what I did, and it's awesome. Are you in awe of this? And you want the best? You want more? Like, yeah. Okay, Here, here's our part. Here's our human part. And this is, this is that sacred moment for us. Yeah. Uh, we want to glorify God. 
when we're overwhelmed with grace, what he did for us, it just, it just, the response to that is worship. The response to that, I want to know him more. I want to make him known to those that I love. I'm not here to put other people down. I'm here to lift them up. I want them in on eternity. If there's a place called heaven, I want every, every loved one, every family member, every friend to be there. If you just look at the, where we change positionally, uh, when, when you're, before you're saved, you're a pauper. You're, you're just, you're just a lowly life walking around. And I don't mean that insultingly. I'm talking spiritually in the way God looks at us, but God says, listen, I love you so much. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to give you a life of a prince or a princess. And so all of a sudden we become a child of the King and he changes us positionally. So we even see that, that where God says, Hey, listen, uh, you, you're going to be, you're condemned. You have no hope. You have no future. But if you believe on my son, Jesus, now I'm going to give you not only a hope and a future, but a fortune. And I'm, I'm not talking fortune like you're going to get rich just because you asked Jesus to be your savior because that may never happen, but you will be rich on the inside. So positionally, now you change. And then as believers, we become heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. He's our brother, our savior, our Lord, man. He's he, everything. Knocks, he knocks. We have to open. That's we have our to open act it. of worship. He, yeah. he lays this out before us, but he, we're the gatekeeper. And he says, now, if you want to, if you want to grow, if you want to experience me, if you want to go from the natural realm to the supernatural, you want to have my favor upon you, here's how it works. Right. I, I do my part, and God never lets down on his part, but here's your part. Right. And we take a look at our bodies. He, it's not mine. He created me, That's right. and, and he redeemed me through the blood of well, the Lamb. Well, once you're redeemed, he says you're no longer your own. Yeah. And, and by the way, let me, let me just say this for clarity, because I don't think some people realize this. If you're not saved... You're not your own. Yeah, I had never thought of that. Because it's God true. purchased every human being. Therefore, he owns every human being that was ever born and that uh, will be born, that is born and will be born. Um, when he said he died for all, he purchased everyone. And so no one is their own, which is what gives him the right to do with whatever he will. And sovereign one. You know, this word body comes in, you know, my body has fallen, my, my nature has fallen, but he's quickened me now. He's made me alive, but I still live in this body. This body wants to overeat. This body wants to be lazy, and that's not good for me. This body... Uh, you know what I did last night? Mm. I started working out again. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've had that problem, too. <laughs> so, so, by, so by the time I got done, because uh, I have a gym in my basement, by the time I got done and... and uh, because after the motorcycle accident, I it, I had to Slow quit working out for a while. Yeah. So I told Sherry, I'm like, I'm going to get back into working out. I got to get back into working out, you know. And uh, I got done last night. I'm crawling up the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> I get in the shower. I take a hot shower. I climb into bed and uh, gave her a kiss. And I think that was like lights out. Lights man, out, I don't anything else. Because the body, though, man, it comes and goes like it's. Yeah, this body. Well, my body wants to veg out and and just deteriorate. My body wants to overeat. My body wants to oversleep. My body wants to be sexually outside of God's boundaries. My body just wants everything that's harmful for right. me. Isn't how crazy is that that we desire every that just shows our sinful nature honestly yeah, yeah and when we obey our body right. it's we're right. destroying ourselves yeah. so we're 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 you know we're in this battle. Halloween candy huh 
Okay, uh, so I'm. I, I made. I told myself, okay, Halloween's coming, and then of course Halloween, and then Thanksgiving, and then uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas, and then that's Valentine's birthday, yes. Birthington's wash day. <laughs> we always got an excuse to. And I said, I, I told Sherry, I said, I am not eating all this candy on Halloween. I'm not going to do it. Well, there was extra leftover. So what happens? It goes Johnny in a bowl light again. and it goes on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> I was deceiving myself to believe I wasn't yeah, going to eat that candy. bodies are addicted. I wanted candy. And so, and then here's the worst part is in a bowl and the bowl's on the counter and the counter is right through the door where I go downstairs yeah, and out it, to the garage. Yeah, it's right and, in your so, path. Um, how easy is it just reaching there and grabbing? Just one, man. Just one. Just and, one. and the first thing I had to do, I had to go through the whole bowl to find the Whoppers. Yeah, the start with the best. I love the Whoppers. <laughs> well, it turns out my body's just like your body. But you can't have it. I, I'm diabetic. And, and, you, I still, and you even still, though I know it's poison to me, I still, I went to my grandkids last night, spent the night over there babysitting, and uh, they had candy, and uh, Papa didn't walk in total victory. Yeah. And you had a donut this morning. And for the record, that's twice he's come in here with a donut and not brought me one. Just I saying. I got to make it public now, huh? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to help hold you accountable. because, uh, But it's so true. Our bodies want what we don't need, what's not good for us. And, and then we always say, well, I can't control myself. No, what's happening is you're not renewing the mind and you're, you're succumbing to that which you know See, that word control that you just used, my body wants to be in control. And when it is, we're on a di- downward spiral. It's not good. And God says, hey, if you, if you want, I'll step in. I'll, I'll assist you. You won't be in your own power. I, I'll come into you. I'll, I'll sit on the throne of your heart. I'll take over and give you strength that you don't have in yourself. And this body will no longer control you. And uh, that's why there's and, a spirit convicting you. Your body's just telling That's why I need to work out. Well, and it's also w- when someone gets saved or they give their life to Christ, what happens is you look at them and you go, you're different. All of a sudden, you're not cursing like you used to. You're not uh, doing the things that you used to do physically. You're not uh, acting out in the way you used to do it. Why? Well, because there is that spirit within you, the Holy Spirit, that you are renewed and, and all of a sudden now you want to present your body a living sacrifice to God rather than a living sacrifice to yourself. And as we do that, we, we're plugging in. Oh, my goodness. Now, there's a, that word uh, transformed, uh, metamorphosized. I want to go just take it a little bit deeper. You take that uh, uh, the genetically, the DNA is all in that ugly caterpillar, and it comes time. It's eaten, it's nourished itself, and it, it cocoons, usually in the fall. It cocoons and it finds a little place on a stick and it, it, it cocoons itself inside and it weaves that little that little pocket. And inside of there, just insignificant, hanging on a little stick, but things are happening inside. And it seems like when God saves, when he saves one of us and, and he begins to work in our lives, he kind of cocoons us away a little while. We kind of get away from our old crowd. I kind of plugged into church. That was my safe place. Uh, that was my program, if you please, because I was having drug problems and, and I needed to kind of get away from the old crowd and, and with a group that's going to build me up and not tear me down. So I'm cocooning kind of like in the local church. And that happens. Yeah. And they loved me, man. They pulled me in and loved on me and uh, were building me up. But I'm kind of away from the crowd. I'm not at the parties anymore. I'm not at the dirty movies anymore. And I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm kind of cocooned. 
and I'm, I'm getting, I'm hearing the word of God and I'm building a biblical worldview. But anyway, inside that, that cocoon, uh, metamorphosis is taking place. Uh, it's the same DNA, but it's just the next level. And that creepy, crawly, uh, ugly little caterpillar is being transformed, metamorphosized into a beautiful uh, butterfly, but still inside that cocoon. And it comes time as the weather changes, the metamorphosis has taken place, there's going to be a life and death struggle for that butterfly to get out of that cocoon. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of an observation in uh, agricultural things. Sometimes they take uh, uh, natural uh, pet, uh, uh, predators to kind of attack uh uh, pests in the in the garden like you know ladybugs are great to have in your garden they kill other pest bugs and certain butterflies are are, are very profitable in your garden and so they they saw this butterflies in the cocoons and there were you know maybe a thousand of them and only maybe 500 of them survived this battle just getting out of the cocoon and so they thought well we'll fix that we'll make it easier for them so they the moment they begin to kind of chew their way out the little hole at the bottom would that be the social mouth. gospel anyway go ahead yeah we, that, that will apply yeah i yep. can see where you're going with that but that, that butterfly begins to eat that little hole in the end and it begins to struggle through it and the scientists thought well we'll help the butterfly because the mortality rate's 50 percent we'd like to get that more mortality rate down to you know like like no zero if possible so they just take, they have that thousand little cocoons. They just cut the bottoms open just a little bit. So now it's easy for that butterfly to get out. He just crawls right out and uh, he opens up those wings and he, he fans them. And they notice for some reason, he can't, they never, fly. He can't fly. You know the story, don't you? Yeah. He can't fly now. And they're like, why? And then they all wound up dying. Okay. They made it out, but they were of no value. They all, they all died. They couldn't fly they couldn't get to their food source. They couldn't do their agricultural purpose. And they studied it out deeper and they found out so simple. The struggle, the struggle creates the survival. What saved them. That's right. Because squeezing through that life and death struggle, squeeze literally the, the juice, <laughs> the butterfly juice from the, from the body and thorax of the insect into its wings and it strengthened the wings and it, yeah it builds the wings strengthens them and then when they come out they are equipped to live you see the natural man is in struggle all of us are in struggle yep, yep. but he doesn't understand so he thinks i'll make it easier you know i'll make it easier i want you've know, got if you're good i don't want to struggle and god's like you don't get it yeah the sometimes struggle, that struggle the struggle is me working in your life to make you strong and uh, we're, we're not going to be mortality. He's given to us eternal life. We're going to make it through the struggle. We don't face it alone. He's with us. And, we're, and, and as we struggle through and we don't quit, we get his mind. We let his mind yeah. be in us. And all of a sudden, the things that we're struggling with, uh, others are destroyed by the struggle. We are strengthened by the well, struggle. One of the uh, Using that analogy, if we apply it to our children, look at the generation we have today. Oh, Parents have not allowed their children to struggle. And so then all of a sudden they become adults and, and they now need, they're on their own. Now they need a little doggy to pet when they're in trouble because they have no ability to, to they, handle tr they, trouble. They have no clue on how to handle the struggle because there was, they weren't strengthened uh, coming through the process. Yeah. They just, just protect them from everything. And you can't. You, know. you can't. If you do, they have no ability to fly and then they'll be consumed. Yeah. So amazing. And that one word, it tells it all, transform, metamorphosis. Uh, and God uses the struggles to make us strong, to let his mind be in us, which was in Christ Jesus, to give us his mind on things. And all of a sudden, you know, the Bible says he'll transform our sorrows into 
joy. Victory is joy, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And our uh our ashes into beauty. Yeah. And our dance our mourning into dancing. Dancing, yeah. And when when you're experiencing this as a new believer, I'm telling you, it, it stokes the fires. It really well, it really does. When I went from living my life for me to living my life for Christ, man, I had uh unexplainable joy all of a sudden the whole world was off my shoulders i was breathing better i had a skip in my step i mean it was twinkle in your eyes some wind in your sail right it was good i mean it was really good and then if you allow sin though to hang in there even and by the way you can get saved but not surrender the sin and therefore your life never changes yeah you you don't put down roots and you don't grow. And Jesus gave that uh, that uh, story about the sower and the seed. I think in all four of the Gospels, it was the only parable that was there every time. And some people believe, but they don't put down roots. And then when the cares of this world come, and they they don't they don't get nourishment. They they just kind of are fruitless. They just kind of they grew. You know, I have things every year in my garden. It kind of grows, but doesn't produce anything. Right, and after right. a while, you realize you just pluck it up and put it in the compost because it has no value. No value. No value. And and that's why. And when we go to Romans chapter 12 and we read uh, uh, 12 through 16, that is going to help us grow. Understanding who God is, who Christ is, what God has done, uh, his, his salvation, his glory, uh, all of his promises, that helps us that's the, to understand. And then as we get into 12, uh, chapter 12 through 16, now we know what's expected of us and and there's a requirement just like there's a requirement on the butterfly to get out of that cocoon there is a requirement on us to live a certain life and in that life there is a um uh a demand on us to discipline ourselves to bring ourselves into subjection when i uh look at unbelievers and believers and there's a clear distinction ephesians 2 1 through 3 talks about that in ephesians uh, chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 it says and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins and and of course we're just talking spiritually that alive the stadium lights come on that that uh, all that process that we talked about that becoming alive and then in verse 2 in which you once walked according to the course of the world we we've all been there like we've we've all and 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 the truth is we can go back and walk in the world anytime we want the world sets the standards politically correct this is what you're expected group think and uh, they want to hold us there in the moment the moment we're no longer thinking that way they label us oh you're unredeemable you're you're hateful you're you're the problem right and and it's so amazing um but what i love about ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 it says um uh, in which you once walked according to the course of the world according to now he even gets even more specific of where we get our direction from and that's the prince and the power of the air the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience the devil made me do it (laughs) (laughs) well here's an interesting thing if if you're not saved that's a true statement and it's the sad thing is a lot of people who are controlled by him don't even necessarily believe that he exists yeah, so therefore they don't even know who the control of the, of the puppet 
is. I, I remember the overwhelming, how overwhelmed I was when those lights came on because I just had a view of the world that it was a better place and mm. people are, are kind of are innately good. And then when the lights came on, I found out that no, none are none are yeah. good. <laughs> There's no one good. I remember an experience. I'd go downtown. The little village I was from had one street light. We'd go down and hang out on the corner and and drink beers and smoke weed and figure out what what sinful activity we we're going to do for the night. And uh, we'd go down there and uh, and we're dealing dope and all that. And then uh, I got saved. And so I remember going back down to the corner because I love these guys, man. They're my yeah. people, you know. Yeah. I go back down to the corner, and they were kind of shocked that I was there. And, I, you know, I wasn't drug dealing, and I wasn't getting high, and I, I was preaching to them. And I didn't even know it was called street preaching, but they all knew me. And, they, you know, they'd get together. It'd be real tough. They'd throw questions at me, and I'd answer them, man. I was all by myself. I didn't care what. I had Jesus. I, right, I, yeah, I, what else do you need? So I'm down there, <laughs> and then the cop comes. And I, this guy knew me forever. And the cop comes, and... Uh, he, he throws me out of town. He drives me out of town. Yeah. And he says, you can't do that here. Unlawful assembly. Like, Dude, I've been hanging out here under your nose, selling drugs for the last five years, and it's okay. Yeah. Now I come down here sober, trying to bring these guys, get these guys off dope, and I'm the bad guy. You're the bad guy. like, what is wrong here? Well, there's our answer. Yeah. The and, prince of this world. And, and that's the thing is uh, now works in the sons of disobedience, verse 3, among whom we, or among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh and then we get saved and then we go down and tell people about it because we're now we're not we're not acting in the flesh we're acting in the spirit uh but he says uh conducting ourselves in the lust of the of our of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we're by nature children of wrath just as the others yeah so From this this world. is a this is a uh, not to interrupt you but this is a description of the lost the children of wrath children of wrath he that believeth not is condemned already because he hasn't believed on the name of the son of god and i didn't know i was a child of wrath right i didn't know that but boy when i found out afterwards i was awful glad to be born again glad right. to be that i'm not under the wrath so i was talking to a young lady yesterday uh we're just talking about depraved spirit and not even knowing it not even thinking about it uh uh Halloween night, we had trunk or treat. And, you know, of course, we were spaced apart. People wore all the stuff they did. They're, it was all safe. And, uh, but all of a sudden, we're smelling someone's smoking dope. <laughs> Wasn't me, Johnny. <laughs> 48 years clean. <laughs> right? How cool is that? And I'm going, Somebody, somebody, somebody's smoking dope. And I mean, it was so strong. It was, it was, it stunk so bad. And, uh, you know, in our day, we called it ragweed <laughs> anyway, but we're going, who in the world? Well, what happened was there was a lady that was cutting through the parking lot, the church parking lot, knowing cutting through the church parking lot, all the kids around everything. Children's children's ministry at the church. Here comes somebody smoking some weed. She's smoking a joint walking through. She wasn't getting candy or nothing like that. She was just smoking a joint not thinking anything about it walking right through uh the church and that could have been you or me a few years ago never would have thought know? twice so you know i, I but, just but even to... but even today man the the openness yeah there is no restraint yeah. you know even you and i would have went uh we're not gonna go over there we you know i mean 
I might, all I might, around. Yeah, you know, I mean, even even we understood uh, that that you didn't invade space like that. Yeah. I mean, okay, a little so, bit of respect. Not yeah, too much, but maybe. Just well, in in other ways, it was horrific. But in that way, I would have been like, uh, you know what? I don't need to be over there smoking my joint. I'll be over here smoking my joint. Uh, and, but today, people are like, oh, we don't care. And I don't know about you, but everywhere I go, I smell it, man. I smell it at stop sign or red lights. I'm going, who is it? <laughs> I'm looking around to see who's token on it. Um, but that's what happens is yeah. is we are of the world, and the world doesn't even think otherwise. It just takes me back to that that transformation that took place in my life. In those, and, you know, even today, that transformation is not done because my body still wants to do wrong things. But there was that that really big breakthrough. You know, God got hold of my tongue and stopped cussing. Right. He got hold of my mind, and you know, and you turn to uh, burn a whole bowl drawer full of pornography. The day after I was saved, mm -hmm. got saved June eighteenth, June nineteenth. A big bond. We used to have the barrel fires, right? Right. Burn, burn oh yeah. Barrels, yes. And I took Burning it out. Barrel. Had that burn it. It got up real I, early in the I morning. Miss, I did what my I mom watched me take it out. <laughs> <laughs> got real early, and it was just that change, just yep. the Holy Spirit coming in and. And I remember people asking me questions, uh, uh, you know, spiritual questions, doctrinal, and I was just a newbie. I didn't know the answer to it. And many times that first year or two, I would say, I don't know what I believe on that yet. But right. whatever the Bible says about it, that's what well, I believe. Well, that's what I, yeah, I, I believe what the Bible says because the Bible is right. I'm going to go into verse 4 because if we're going to talk about renewing of the mind, we understand what corrupts the mind. Now let's look at the renewing of the mind. Yeah. So in verse four, Ephesians two, four, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You're on the same page with me, John. You know, we're seeing is that that work has begun. He's kind of come in now. The lights are on. The spirit is revived. It's renewed. It's alive. And we begin that that light that lights our path also shows us the evil of of, of the world. And we want what's best for people. And, uh, but they don't understand that that's best, uh, what's best for them. Like, like I, I didn't know, I just kind of sensed that this ain't good, but when the lights came on, but you know, you, you, there's a negative side of it, which we've kind of already talked about, but here's the positive. Here's the side. positive because, because there's no way in the world that you can renew your mind if you don't understand the positive. And most people live in defeat. I was, uh, I was going to share earlier about a young lady I talked to yesterday in church, or, or actually I talked to her uh, Halloween. She was at Trunk or Treat. And I, I said, where have you been? And she said, Pastor, I just want you to know uh, I missed, she missed like two Sundays or whatever it was. And she said, I cannot believe how far away from God my thinking becomes in such a short time of being out of church. She said, I will be there uh, tomorrow, which was, would have been Sunday, right? Yesterday. And, uh, and we talked and she goes, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I have got to get sold out for God. See, she's saying what Colossians chapter two says, it talks about put off therefore the hidden works of darkness that names all these sinful things. 
but you that would leave a void. So in that same chapter, it talks about put off the negative. It talks about put on mm-hmm. the yeah. positives. And so I remember those early days of uh, putting on. I, I'd go to church, and everything I heard was just like, yeah, that's right. awesome. I was connecting all the dots and seeing the foundation of things. Well, that's actually what got uh, another young lady who accepted Christ last week. That's what got her saved was she started actually listening and connecting. And that's her words. I'm, I'm verbatim. What you said is what she said. She goes, I started connecting the dots and I realized that this is not by chance. This is not uh, uh, just something or nothing. This is everything. And when I started connecting the dots, she said I had no choice but to surrender. And the surrender is sweet. 23 years old. I used to think it'd be bitter to surrender. And it's oh my like, goodness. It's sweet. Yeah, because what we, I think what we don't realize is that when we surrender to God and we do it his way, we are protecting ourselves from the cost of sin mm-hmm. and the damage that sin does. Now, um, we talked about unbelievers, and then I'm going to go, you talked about Colossians, and I'm going to bring Colossians chapter 1 in, Colossians 1.13. Says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. But uh, what I want you to see is He delivered us from the power of darkness, from the power of that sin, from the power of Satan, from the power of the prince of the air, from the power of uh, our our friends that want to drag us back into the junk that we were in, from the power of family that. Uh, won't accept you getting saved and now all of a sudden they have a struggle with it and they quit talking to you and this and he's delivered us from the power that would suppress us it's kind of like we were blind and now we see we were deaf now Now we hear we were lame and now we we walk we're quick and we're made alive and you know i met i i remember just realizing i need to be at church when i was at church people were building me up when i'm not at church people you get are tore tearing down. me down and 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 there's a there is a massive massive difference and guys it, first let me say this if you've been in a church and you feel like uh well the church is no different than the world so on and so forth well here's the reality the church still has people in it that are struggling to stay righteous <laughs> and 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 uh if the church was perfect, it just became unperfect the minute someone walks in the door. I remember how the church came alive to me. I thought, well, church, you know, you go, you sit, you listen, you take it home, you process it. It was so much more. You go to church, all that happens. You hear the word. But then it's the church. It's the assembly of people. It's the fellowship. Yeah, and then people, you meet people. I used to hear this girl, Jeannie, talk about her friends at church. And I thought, that is so weird because mom took me to a church when I was a child. I didn't have a friend at church. You got in, you got out. That's over with. That 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 burdens off. Now the guilt's off. Now I can do what I want for the rest of the week without you know guilt free. And then I hear talk about friends at church. It just sounds so weird. And then I went to church. Next thing you know, I'm making friends. And uh, my first friend at church was Jim Bailey. He was 51 years old. And I'd tell mom, I'm going over to Jim's house. She figured he was. 17, 18, 19, like me. And she said, you're going to wear out your welcome, you know, at Jim's house. And, uh, like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And she, and, and she, she said, well, isn't his mom going to kind of tired of seeing him? Like, no, his mom's dead. Right. Oh, he's an orphan. No, no. He's 51 years old. He's married. He has a house. He has a family he Has and his wife cooks and she loves and they, me. They bring you under their wing. Yeah. So check this out. We have, uh, so we're having a men's, uh, get together 
fellowship time. And um, uh, we opened it up 18 and, and up because we're going to have uh, uh, shooting. We're, we're actually, so this is about as redneck as you can get. We're setting up bowling pins, real bowling pins that I got from a bowling alley. Then when they got new pins, they were throwing them out. And we're going to set up three lanes for bowling. Uh, only we're bowling with bullets. <laughs> so oh, my schedule's free. I'm coming. Jenny. I'm yeah, invite yeah, myself. Right. I just invited myself. You are invited. And but so here was the coolest thing. We opened it up for 18 and up because obviously legal reasons and so on and so forth. And we don't ever want to uh, uh, do anything that would violate that. I checked last night. We got like 23 guys that signed up for it. And then I have more that are going, Hey, is it too late? Is it too late? No, man, just show up, just show up. I looked on the, I looked on it and we got guys that are 75 coming and we got 18 year olds and we probably have an equal, uh, from 18 to, to 75, 18 to, to 78, whatever it is. I am blown away at the 18, 19 and the 20 year olds that are showing be 13, up. 13, 14, 15, if you could. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you could, they, because they all want to come together. They all want to be a part of what is good. Yeah. And just be with guys where, you know, I, I remember those days you go to these events, nobody's getting high. They're building you up. There's no filthy talk and it's, it's centered around Christ and it just felt good to be, uh, doing something that's building instead of tearing down. Yeah, I am, uh, you know, well, I remember when I first got saved and of course, uh, I gave everything up, but cigarettes, I still wanted my Marlboro Reds, you know, and, uh, Salem, uh, Salem cools, you know, so, <laughs> no filters. So you were either Marlboro or you were, uh, Salem and, and cool, right? It was yeah, one menthol, of those, baby. the menthol, yeah, gotta have the menthol. And so I remember, uh, I was, uh, at an event, help, I, I volunteered to help and we were setting up this stage and we were doing what I can't even remember exactly what we were doing. And we were in the, in the bus garage. So we get in the bus garage, we're all working and there was a break. So I go outside and I light up. I mean, it's just, it's what I did. I was newly saved. I didn't know any better. Right. I understand. Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I lit up and, and, uh, Mac Ellis, man, I love Mac. He is such a man. What a saint. And he comes up to me and he looked at me and I'm thinking, all right, I just like, okay, I messed up apparently. And he looked at me and he said, one day, John, God will take that away. Yes. And he told me he loved me and we went on back to work. And I, he didn't condemn me. He didn't, he didn't barrage me. He didn't, oh, you got to put that out. You're, he's just like, one day God will take that away. Yeah. I remember when he took it away. It was a wonderful day. I had a professor in Bible college, R.O. Woodworth said, it, smoking will never send anybody to hell. It'll just make them smell, smell like, like they've, they've been, been there. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so guys, we're coming down to the end of the podcast. And I want to leave you with this because, uh, the Bible tells us how we can renew our mind and we find it in Philippians four, seven through eight. You know, the reality is that to renew our minds is going to be discipline and a choice, just like living in the world is going to be uh, a choice. And unfortunately it doesn't take as much discipline to live in the world as it does to live in for christ the world's gone down it's a flow uh you're with the, the current going downstream it's going to take you to a place you don't want to be yeah well you know uh it's like plumbing they say um 
it's real easy to understand hot's on the left colds on the right crap runs downhill and and the world right now is running downhill and and so uh, it's just so easy to get into that flow uh, you have friends, you have like, you have this whole world that, that can pull you in in a heartbeat. And Satan knows, listen, Satan knows what will take you there. And through your actions and your lifestyle reveals what you really love. And he will take, uh, if you have sinful desires or actions that you're doing, you're watching things on the computer you shouldn't be looking at, movies you shouldn't be watching, he will pop that in your mind all the time because he wants to keep you going downhill well, how do we renew our minds? Philippians 4, 7 through 8. Well, I'm going to start in 6 because I think 6 is the oh, crux. Yeah. yeah, it's the crux. It says, be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. So, so there is your discipline and your action is uh, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving when you do that and you go into that realm and you start seeking god's face and you start praying and by the way if you want to know how to pray it's real easy if you know how to talk just talk to god i like that i summarize that verse with my quiet time my secret place i'm seeking god alone and i tell him i'm, I'm weak and he already knows that and i need him and i tell him i love him and uh I, I want to bring him glory today. And I surrender my heart in that little quiet place. That's huge, my place of worship. And now I'm going to go out from there and face the world. But now I got some strength. Yeah, and, and it's amazing the strength that we get from that. Verse 7, and the peace of God. Man, I don't go. know who's not looking for peace today. Everybody you talk to, they say they want peace. The, the problem is they don't know how to find it. And when you tell them how to find it, they're like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just, I just want the rewards without the effort. And, but he says in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding is one of those deals where, um, uh, you can't explain it. You have to experience this. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you what it would be like or what it's like, but for you to actually grab hold of the reality of it, you have to live it. I remember coming to Christ. I was pondering this and the girl said, you, that brought me to Christ. Her name was Jeannie. She said, you'll never understand until you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use the analogy of an orange and, and, uh, peel the orange back and eat the orange and it's juicy. You know, you take a bite, it runs down. Yeah. It runs down your beard and, and, uh, or you bite into it and it kind of explodes, you know, but your eye. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you get all done with it and you look at the person that watched you eat that and ask them, what'd that taste like? Hard to tell, hard it, to say. It's hard to say, right? And uh, and so, but they can tell you when another orange next week. Yeah. So, and and the reality is to tell you what the peace of God is like, and and what we're talking about here to experience it. You you just have to experience it. But he goes on. He says, verse seven. If you if you pray, uh, 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 if you go to. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, go to God. Verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that's so uh, powerful because he doesn't just say, yeah, I'll give this to you. No, 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 no. He says, look, I will guard your heart. I will be the protector at the gate. 
We got some assistance. Which means, yeah, it means he's not leaving from an all powerful, ever present, omnipresent, immutable, unchangeable God in a changing world. And then he makes us yeah. uh, the anchors for society. Yeah. And this anchors, is a promise. And it's where he makes us anchors for our family, yeah. anchor, as a pastor, anchor in your in the in your church, and 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 we remember where we used to be. Yeah, and we've walked through this process. We've seen him. We've been made alive. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not talking what we think or hope it will be. We're actually telling you what it is. There's a huge difference. Experience here pays off big time. And, and I love the fact that he says uh, that he will guard our hearts, which means he doesn't leave. Just like as a parent, we're guarding our children. We're guarding our children. And then in verse 8, uh, Paul goes on to say, finally, finally, brethren. And he's very specific by saying brethren because this can only happen with the believers. The world cannot get a hold of this because until the world has God, Jesus Christ specifically as their Savior, they'll never grab hold of this because it's not available to them. This is only available to the children of God. And I'm not trying to uh, be exclusive. The scripture already is. Everybody's invited into this process. They're all invited. But this is what happens once you're on the winning team. And only until, it doesn't happen until you're on the winning team, which is in Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. That is how you renew your mind. That is our, our part of the deal. It's God's the part. guard. He sets it up. He sends a spirit. He makes us alive. But here's our part, the yeah. participation. And, and we're not alone. It's not like God says, it's not like, it's not like God said, Hey, go clean your room and I'll come in and see what it's like when it's done. It's interesting. You say that he's, he's emphatic here. My mom would come in and say, Hey, Hey Duke, uh, clean your room. Okay, mom. And I wouldn't do it. Right. And then she'd come in the second time. I want you to pick up the toys. I want you to pick up your clothes. I want you to pick up your dirty towels. Yeah. I want you to clean. And that's kind of what the Lord's doing here. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are good report, if there's anything good, he's right. being emphatic. He is. Because he loves us and he yeah. wants what's best for us. And he yeah. wants to make this thing work. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he says in verse 9, the things which you learned and received, and he says, heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And, and the reality is when you do these things, that's the renewing of your mind, and the God of peace will be with you. That, that's victory. I mean, there, there's no, and there's no other way to renew your mind but through prayer and supplication and then to discipline yourself to think on the things that are good and that which is not good, the Bible tells us to take captive, that it doesn't have free reign in us, that we are, to, we are literally to take uh, uh, ungodly thoughts, put them in prison, lock them in a cell, and leave them there. And if we don't do that, you're not going to renew your mind. And what will happen is it will only be a process of time before you go back and do the things of the world, live like the world, think like the world, act like the world, uh, and then you'll be worldly, carnal. It didn't work last time I was there. Why would I want to go back? Right? Yeah, there's something. 
some things never change and the world is one of them can't that fix stupid you can't you know and and if you look at the world it's only getting worse so i'm not trying to be a naysayer i'm just saying the world is getting worse and the reason they're getting worse is because they're throwing god out of more and more things yeah and 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 uh the Biden administration said that if he becomes president, that he is going to come in and shut down religious services because he says they are a safe haven for hate. Yeah, I see it as a love of Christ, and they see it as hate. Yeah, so it's polar. It's opposites. polar. It goes right back to what you said in the beginning: it's of two polar fathers, opposites, two opposites. Fathers. Yeah, and and what I'm trying to tell you is, it doesn't matter. I mean, I I, I use that as an example of the world. Okay, uh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that that is the way the the world think, and the powers that be uh, or that want to be think. And if you don't bring yourself. This isn't, I'm not talking the church. I'm not talking your family. I'm talking you on a personal level. If you don't practice uh, uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, uh, on a personal level, self-discipline, seeking God on a personal level for yourself, it, you're going to struggle. Yeah. I'm so glad I can look back when I was on the other side and had people on, on the victory side try to explain it to me, yeah. and I didn't get it. But I yielded. I, I, I made that commitment. I yielded my heart. I called on the Lord and he came in and he did all these things that you read about. He every did that. Of, every bit of it. it. Yeah. And it became real. And then I'm on the other side. I'm trying to explain it to those on the other side and I can't, but I'll just tell our listeners, if you're not here, you'll be there someday because just the fact that you're tuning in is evidence that you're, you're, Amen. you're heading in the right direction. Amen. So, and with that, I want to encourage you to do what is right, to think about what God requires of us. The self-discipline, guys, I'm, this isn't an easy road. I'm not even going to pretend like it is. Self-discipline is absolutely required, but you can't even have that until you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And to do that, you just believe. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he is at the right hand of the Father. He conquered death and hell, and he's calling and desires you to be born again. And when that happens, you can start renewing your mind. God bless you. I hope that this has helped. If it did, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Until the next week, God bless, and I hope that you are able to renew your mind and have victory in Christ.